It's time. We are not called to be nice. Sandy Rios. Welcome, Sandy. Thanks for being here. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in D.C. is Fox News contributor Sandy Rios. And you still like me or you you don't like me, James? Are you okay? You're all right. (laughs) I'm a musician. I can't help it. Uh, Longtime Fox News contributor Sandy Rios, thanks very much for being with us. We have, I think it's four to one youth. In America, once gay marriage. Our kids are the product of public schools. No wonder they poll the way they do. It's time to stand up or we're going to lose everything we have. Director of Governmental Affairs for the American Family Association. Step up, speak up, say something, do something. This isn't a game. This is real life. Cindy Rios is with the American Family Association. A pro-life radio talk show host. Some things are worth fighting for. And good Thursday morning, everyone. Fred Jackson sitting in again for Sandy. And as I always say, I rejoice to be able to do that because you folks are just such a great audience. You know, I'm a morning person. Obviously, if you're listening at this hour, you're kind of a morning person. Uh, A lot of you, whether you like it or not, because you got to get up early to go to work. But uh, talking to all those dear folks who are on I-95 on the East Coast, let's see, it's just after 8 o'clock there. You may be just pulling into the parking lot here in the central time zone, uh, getting out of bed, getting the kids ready, going off to work. and uh, But we're going to try to keep you uh, busy over the next hour or so because there's some big stories this morning, folks. You're not going to want to miss this. Um, uh, sometimes this show doesn't come together until I come in early in the morning because I can tell you there's always stuff going on overnight, and uh, such is the case. You know, in John 8, chapter 32 of the Scripture, It says, you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Now, we all know sometimes it takes longer than we would like for the truth to come to the surface, especially in the world of politics. Uh, But it is coming to the forefront uh, in a major way this week in the story involving the origins of the COVID-19 virus. You know, about a year ago, when then-President Trump and other conservatives were expressing concern that that virus had come out of the Wuhan lab in China. They had developed the virus there. You remember everybody was up, the liberals, the left wing, the media, all the uh, conspiracy theory stuff. That could never happen. And they, they just said it couldn't happen, and it had to be, according to the left side of things, it had to be a case of a virus jumping from animals to human beings. That was it. Story closed. We don't hear any more of this conspiracy stuff. Well, here we are a year later, and guess what? Even the left is having to admit, hmm, maybe that was a possibility we should have considered way back then. Very interesting. Last night, while most of us were at home enjoying the evening with family and the Senate was in session. They're actually doing some work up there. And uh, thankfully to uh, Republicans like Missouri Republican Senator Josh Hawley, they want this issue pursued, that the virus came from the Wuhan lab. Now, this follows the story in the last several days that came out of the Wall Street Journal, where they have released intelligence information that showed that workers at the Wuhan lab back in November of 2019 were getting sick and had COVID-19 symptoms, but the Chinese kept that a secret. Well, last night, Senate approved a bill 
that would require the Biden administration and the director of national intelligence to declassify intelligence on the origins of the COVID-19 virus. And it passed, are you ready for this, by unanimous consent, Democrats and Republicans. Senator Josh Hawley said this, the American people deserve to know about the origins of COVID-19. They deserve to know how this terrible pandemic that has ravaged the globe and our country, how it got started and what China's role was in starting it. He said the voters deserve to see the evidence and judge for themselves rather than different speculation from various administration officials on where the virus may have come from. Well, another kind of sidebar story, but very important to all of this, you may remember that uh, Dr. Fauci, Dr. Fauci, who uh, is with the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease, he's the director of that. Of course, he's, he's been Mr. COVID virus, the expert that all the mainstream media go to, trust Dr. Fauci. Well, he was back in the hot seat before a Senate uh, hearing yesterday on the issue of money coming from his organization, Fauci's organization, that may have ended up in the Wuhan lab. Now, first, when this was talked about just several days ago, he denied that. And the issue was gain-of-function research. Now, what is gain-of-function? Term used to describe any field of medical research which alters an organism or disease in a way that increases its transmissibility. All right? And basically gives a boost to a virus. Now, Dr. Fauci initially denied that could ever be the case, that money coming from a grant coming from his organization could end up helping the Chinese in this gain-of-function research. So here's a little bit of the hearing yesterday. He's being questioned by Senator John Kennedy, one of my favorite Republican senators, and here's how that conversation went. Cut number four. You gave them money and you said, don't do gain-of-function research. Correct. And you have no way of knowing whether they did or not, except you trust them. Is that right? Well, we generally always trust the grantee to do what they say. Have you ever had a grantee lie to you? I cannot guarantee that a grantee has not lied to us because you never know. Now, along the same lines uh, this morning on Fox and Friends, Congressman Guy uh, Rosenthaler was asked about this. And he says, all of the questions now being raised by so-called the expertise of Dr. Fauci, whether it's, uh, yes, the masks are no good or you must wear masks. And now this episode, he says, there is no reason why Fauci should not be fired or forced to resign. Cut number three. He's either grossly incompetent or he's been lying to the American people the entire time. And look, I'm a lawyer. I'm not a scientist. But just look at the evidence. If you were to believe Dr. Fauci and the fact that this originated in nature, a wet market, you'd have to believe that a bat a thousand miles away from Wuhan traveled to Wuhan, again, a thousand miles, infected no species, no human along the way, then started infecting people at the, around Wuhan where there was the BSL-4 lab studying, again, the coronavirus and bat-borne diseases. And that once that virus leaked, it became 20 percent, I'm sorry, 20 times more contagious than it was in the state of nature. To me, that's just that, that just defies logic. Also, we know in November, back in November, people in the Wuhan Institute of Virology were getting COVID-like symptoms. To me, the evidence is staggering. Dr. Fauci should be fired or resign. 
All right, there you have it. So uh, Fauci in the hot seat yesterday. We're finally going to get an investigation that maybe will finally prove that this virus came from the Wuhan lab. The only question will be then, was this a deliberate development? That's still out there. No proof of that yet. But at least the investigation has taken a turn for the better. How much time do we have before the break? A couple of minutes? Five minutes? Okay, we got time. I need this time, folks, because there's another blockbuster story this morning. I want to give credit to the New York Post, who is breaking this story this morning. You may remember, during the election campaign last year, there was this revelation that the son of Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, he left his laptop to get fixed at a store somewhere. And uh, the hard drive from that laptop contained a lot of information. It became very controversial, but it was all denied by the media with regards to uh, Hunter Biden's relationship with questionable business people in China and other places in the world. So the mainstream media came to the rescue of then-candidate Joe Biden and said, none of this, you know, none of this matters. In fact, Joe Biden at the time said he really had no knowledge of the business dealings of his son, Hunter Biden. Well, guess what? Slowly, information is coming out from the emails that are on that hard drive. And the revelation this morning is this, that Joe Biden, in 2015, when he was vice president under Barack Obama, did indeed sit down for dinner with his son Hunter and several of these questionable individuals. Here's the report uh, report this morning uh, from Fox's Todd Pirro. Cut two. Look at this date. It was scheduled for April 16th, 2015. Of course, during the Obama-Biden administration. That, according to record from Hunter's infamously abandoned laptop, the guest list put together by Hunter included Russian billionaire Yelena Baturina, who previously transferred $3.5 million to a Delaware investment firm co-founded by Hunter and a former John Kerry advisor. Baturina's now deceased husband, the former corrupt mayor of Moscow, was also in attendance. At the time this dinner took place, Ukrainian energy company Burisma was paying Hunter Biden over over $83,000 a month to sit on its board. The day after the meeting, a Burisma exec emailing Hunter, writing in part, quote, Dear Hunter, thank you for inviting me to D.C. and giving an opportunity to meet your father. The New York Post's exclusive findings raising new questions about President Biden's alleged ignorance of his son's business dealings. Listen. Mr. Vice President, how many times have you ever spoken to your son about his overseas business dealings? I've never spoken to my son about his overseas business dealings. I have never discussed with my son or my brother or anyone else anything having to do with their businesses, period. Both Bidens have denied any wrongdoing. Biden's presidential campaign denying the meeting with the Burisma boss ever took place. Liar, liar, pants on fire comes to mind. So there you have it. Like I said, we said off the top, you know, she'll know the truth, truths that you free. Sometimes it takes a long time for the truth to come forward. But there you have it, folks. Joe Biden, 2015, April 2015 to be exact, despite what he was telling people on the campaign trail last year, didn't know anything about his son's business dealings. Well, there you have it. It's out there. So, How much more did Joe Biden lie about? You remember when this story first broke last year during the election campaign, there was the issue of the multi-million dollar contract that Hunter Biden had with Chinese interests. 
and that there was conversations with regards to some of that money going to, he didn't mention his dad's name, but it was fairly clear that it was going to go to his dad. See, so all of this is slowly, slowly coming to light. Now, you can imagine (laughs) if reporters are allowed to ask the president, President Biden, questions today, that he's certainly going to be questioned about this. Because the facts are out there now. The dinner was held. Cafe Milano, that's uh, apparently in a, just an exclusive restaurant in Washington, D.C. So uh, pre- uh, then Vice President Biden did meet with some of his sons, Hunter Biden's business relationships, including some very corrupt people from Moscow. I don't know. I would hope there, there are a few reporters in Washington that are honest enough to do this. A few reporters, uh, like Peter Ducey of Fox News. Uh, I'm beginning to think that Jen Psaki, the White House spokesperson, really doesn't like when a question, uh, he is given the opportunity to get questions because he asks the tough questions, uh, as he did in that interview with Joe Biden during the campaign trail last year. You know, as the truth does come out, people are changing their minds. Remember when uh, the polls were being... uh, done with regards to Biden's popularity, how it was remaining quite high, especially in the first couple of months of his presidency. Well, Fox has a new poll that came out uh, this morning. They did it uh, May 22nd to 25. Back in December 2019, how many people thought that Joe Biden was too liberal? 36%. The latest poll, 46%. Why did they think that? Well, they're starting to understand the chaos, the crisis at our southern border. And all the money that Joe Biden wants to spend taxpayers' money for so-called infrastructure programs that have very little to do with roads and bridges, people are starting to get the truth. And when the truth comes out, they start measuring these politicians according to the truth instead of what the mainstream media lies are telling them. And we can be thankful for that. All right, much more ahead here on Sandy Rios in the morning on a Thursday morning. Fred sitting in. We're back after the break. Every day they get up, put on their uniforms, and walk out their doors in order to keep our families safe. They never know what they'll face, but they face it anyway with bravery and determination. There's been so much hatred toward law enforcement lately that we can't emphasize enough just how important it is for us to lift up our local peace officers, to let them know how much we appreciate them for all they do for our communities. That's why Sunday, June 13th has been set aside as a day of prayer for law enforcement. Please help spread the word to your family, your friends, and especially your pastor. You can get more information and suggestions for ways to encourage them at afa.net. The brave men and women who serve and protect our families deserve our respect and our appreciation. The American Family Association supports law enforcement, and we hope you'll join us in showing your support on Sunday, June 13th. Visit afa.net. This is Pause to Pray, a chance each day to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. Today, we pray for Mary Bowman 
Acting Director and Deputy Director of the Bureau of Economic Analysis. She works to expand the agency's statistical programs and to shape the highest priority research projects. Proverbs 11.14 reminds us of the importance of guidance. Where there is no guidance, a people falls, but in an abundance of counselors, there is safety. Right now, with this in mind, let's pray together. Almighty God, we ask you to guide Mary Bowman in her work with the BEA. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pause to Pray is a service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team, a nonprofit, nonpartisan ministry dedicated to encouraging prayer for our nation's leaders. To learn more, go to pausetopray.org. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starnes with news and commentary next. If you're a first responder, you know the right training can make all the difference in a crisis. At Liberty University, we know the right training can make all the difference for your future. So we're proud to offer you a 25% discount on our more than 450 online degree programs. Combine this discount with our generous military benefits if you or your spouse also have military experience. Learn more about getting the right training at Liberty University by texting DEGREE to 49595. That's DEGREE to 49595. A few weeks ago, I received a call on my national show from a man named Bruce. He's a Jewish man who lives in Arkansas. Bruce told me he's moving back to Israel told me it's unsafe to be a Jew in America. At first, I pushed back at his assertion, but now I understand. In New York City, pro-Palestinian terrorists have been beating Jews in the streets. It's happening in other American cities as well. Disturbing reports online of Jews being denied service at hair salons and restaurants and other establishments. American journalists and lawmakers are spewing anti-Semitic language on air and on Capitol Hill. Jews are literally under attack on American soil. And I'm calling on my fellow Christians to stand up and defend our Jewish countrymen. Silence in the face of evil is evil itself. By the way, my new book is available to pre-order Our Daily Biscuit Devotions with a Drawl. You can get a copy at your favorite bookstore. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. And welcome back to this Thursday edition of Sandy Rios in the Morning. Fred sitting in for Sandy today. You know, we're talking about, you know, generally the truth finally does come to the surface. It takes a long time sometimes. And I tell you what, when it comes to uh, political truth, it takes even longer, I think, in Washington, D.C. But uh, a guy who's been digging for the truth in Washington, D.C. for many years now is our good friend Gary Bauer from Campaign for Working Families, and Gary joins us this morning from, I'm assuming, the Capitol there, Gary. Uh, I'm actually at my house just a few miles outside the Capitol. I, uh, I'm waiting to the cicadas clear up a little bit before I try to go down my driveway. <laughs> I've heard about that. Oh, it's unbelievable. Uh, there's a constant drone. We, we have a plague of cicadas out here in the <laughs> suburbs and a plague of liberals inside Washington, D.C. Well, well said. I was just thinking, you know, of uh, Moses when he uh, went to confront Pharaoh, you know, uh, it, it finally convinced Pharaoh's mind. I don't know if it'll convince Joe Biden's mind that uh, maybe God is trying to send him a message up there. <laughs> One can only hope and pray, right? All right. Well, Gary, we've been talking about some truth finally coming to light up there, particularly uh, the source of the COVID-19 virus. There's been almost a wholesale switch in Washington over the last 10 days. Back a year ago, 
the thought that, uh, you know, that the uh, Wuhan uh, lab was the source of this. That was conspiracy theory stuff, uh, but we sure have had a uh, change of heart in many places in Washington. Talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, it really has been uh, remarkable to see. Um, you know, we, we've all been through a difficult time, obviously, the last 14, 15 months. If you go back a little bit to when this was starting, and it, there was concern expressed by a number of people that uh, this virus originated or we knew was first found in a place called Wuhan in China. And that happens to be a city that just a mile or two away from the first cases uh, has a Chinese bio uh, lab that is heavily controlled by Chinese government and the Chinese military. Uh, so questions, understandably, were legitimately raised at that time in the yeah. last year. At the same time, Fred, the, the Chinese government uh, was denying vehemently that it had anything to do with this, and the American media had two choices. They could follow what our what the president was saying, the intelligence was showing, mm-hmm. which is that you know it came out of a lab, or they could follow what the Chinese propaganda machine was saying, and they they followed the Chinese propaganda machine. Yes, and so not only did they make fun of the president, say that he was lying, they attacked the bodies. Yeah. Gary, uh, we're gonna we're gonna call you back. Your line is breaking up a little bit. So we're just uh, we're just going to close out the line and then try to get back to you. Uh, maybe it's the cicadas <laughs> that have landed on Gary's house there. Uh, but we're going to try to get him back in just a second. In the meantime, last night on Hannity, there are a group of Republican governors from various states, Bill Lee of Tennessee, Christy Nome of South Dakota, uh, Doug Ducey of Arizona, Kim Reynolds of uh, Iowa, uh, Ron DeSantis, Florida, and Chris Sununu of New Hampshire. And they talked about on Hannity's show the difference in how things are developing in public policy between Republican states and Democratic states. It's cut number one. The differences between our states and those blue states are stark. There's a lot of yep. Republicans right taxes? here who cut taxes, who have lower regulation, who have choices for parents. Leadership has consequences. And you just look at Democrat states and what happened to families and businesses there. You look at Republican states and how they're growing and they're thriving and what all these leaders up here did, how it works for the American people. We're going to prioritize lives and livelihoods. And all of us were going to err on the side of liberty and limited government. We're paying the price for the blue state uh, bad decisions that they made. In Iowa, we're cutting taxes, we're reducing regulations, we've had our kids in school. If you have a political party that puts the interests of teachers' unions over the interests of kids being able to just access an education at all, that tells you all you need to know about the modern Democrat Party. Governors, especially Republican governors, are the last line of defense against not a socialist agenda, but true socialism. So there you have it. That's a kind of a montage, a sample of these Republican governors last night on Hannity pointing to the reality of the difference between Republican-run states and Democrat-run states, and that certainly uh, has been in plain view during their approach to the pandemic and what has happened in these various states. I think we have Gary back. Gary, back again with us? Yeah, yes, I am, and hopefully uh, the, the uh, gremlins will not interfere with this call. All are, either the gremlins or the cicadas. 
One or the other. <laughs> <laughs> Gary, the other big story this morning, I don't know if you've uh, caught up with this, the New York Post story this morning on more yeah. more revelations coming out of that uh, Hunter Biden hard drive and proving that Joe Biden, despite his denial during the election campaign that he had any knowledge of Hunter Biden's business dealings, well, apparently he had a whole lot of knowledge. Uh, talk to us about that. Well, yes. I mean, the president uh, has said repeatedly that he never talked to his son or any of his son's business partners about business issues. And now we find out that there was a dinner at one of the most upscale restaurants in Washington, D.C. When Biden was vice president of the United States, the dinner included his son and representatives from Russia, uh, Kazakhstan and Ukraine all of whom were business partners of Hunter Biden. So, again, the president has been caught in a complete lie. Nobody credibly believed that all those years, he and his son, who, by the way, he talked to by the phone, by phone every night, that he and his son never discussed any of the business things that his son was doing. It doesn't pass the straight face test. And we, we need a complete investigation, obviously. You know, I have to wonder, Gary, if if the American public is waking up to this, to the reality of the corruption within the Joe Biden camp. Uh, we talked a little bit a few moments ago about the latest poll that's come out from Fox News. It was taken uh, May 22nd to 25th, so in the last week or so. And people are changing their minds about Joe Biden. You know, he was portrayed as being a moderate during the election campaign. And I think we have seen he's anything else. And uh, one of the questions, uh, is Joe Biden too liberal? Back in December of 2019, 36% said, uh, uh, no, he's not, he's not too liberal. And uh, now 46% say he is too liberal. So I, I think the truth is slowly getting out there. Now, the mainstream media still defends Joe Biden and everything he does. Uh, but I think there are enough alternative media now that uh, the American public is catching on to what the Biden agenda is all about. I, I think you're right, Fred. I mean, now, the, the president's doing okay in polls. Uh, some of the other ones that I don't trust very much have his approval rating around 60%. Uh, this poll, I believe, had it closer to 53% overall. But I think almost all of that is due to the fact that he fortunately became, for him, became president after Donald Trump had made sure there were multiple vaccines available to stop this virus. And all Biden had to do was make sure that our medical facilities delivered those vaccines. But on specific issues like his uh, ideology, you're absolutely right. Nearly half the country thinks he's too liberal. And then when you get the other issues on the border, on crime, uh, on confidence in the future, uh, support for Biden is dropping really quickly, and he's only been in office uh, a few months. You know, and I think what's really interesting, I've been reading a few stories in the last few days about uh, the fact that internally within Democrats, there is this ideological war between the far left and, and some moderates in the Democrat camp. And that's really come to light with regards to the 11 day uh, war between Israel and Hamas. Uh, there are a lot of people and, and today still advocating uh, that Israel is a completely at fault when I say people inside the Democratic Party, and it goes beyond the squad, uh, that uh, 
Israel is in the wrong in all of this and that uh, the United States should uh, defund Israel. And there's a camp in there. There's a divide. There's a degree of anti-Semitism that no political party should tolerate, uh, but it is being tolerated in the Democratic Party. It it is, Fred. And, uh, you know, I'm very pro-Israel, as I know you are. The United States has always been pro-Israel. And I want support for Israel to be bipartisan. Uh, you know, it shouldn't depend on who elect, who won the last election. But uh, the research on this and the polling on this is overwhelming. The rising generation in the Democrat Party is overwhelmingly anti-Israel and pro-Palestinian. Uh, and that that's bad news. And you can tell whatever Biden thinks personally and Schumer, Senator Schumer, et cetera, whatever they think personally, they're clearly scared to death of this rising progressive, so-called progressive wing of the Democrat Party, uh, personified by people like uh, Ilhan Omar and AOC and uh, Rashida Tlaib and so forth. Uh, they're all very anti-Israel, and the Democrat Party is increasingly becoming anti-Israel itself. But there doesn't seem to be much backing away from this, because just in the last couple of days— Uh, The Senate gave approval to Kristen Clark, Joe Biden's choice to serve as the head of the Justice Department's Civil Rights Division. All Democrats voting in favor of her, with one Republican, Susan Collins of Maine. But she has proven herself to be a very controversial figure, including her thoughts about Israel. Oh, it's um, it's unbelievable. It was uh, to me that was a national scandal. That virtually, well, I believe every Democrat in the United States Senate voted for her, including Jewish Democrats. When she was at Harvard, she invited a known anti Semite to speak on the campus. She welcomed him, she hosted him, she introduced him, and then she defended him after the speech. This guy wrote a book called The Onslaught of the Jews. I mean, this guy was a raw anti Semite. Uh, President Biden has appointed a number of these type of people in his administration, and it's very disturbing and should be to anybody that wants the U.S.-Israel alliance to remain strong. All right. So it seems like, Gary, given everything that we've talked about, the American public finding more, uh, more about the Democrat Joe Biden agenda, I mean, the crisis on our southern border, it seems to me that... Republicans are being given a lot on their platter to bring to the American people to say, here's the difference, uh, and you decide. Is the Republican Party going to be able to capitalize on that? Well, you know, uh, I, 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 <laughs> I don't want to insult any of my Republican friends, but there's an old joke in Washington that we're a two-party system one party's evil and the other party's stupid, guess which one the Republicans are? Uh, we often have a disappointing leadership in the Republican Party. I think they're doing better than they used to before Donald Trump. I think Donald Trump has taught many up-and-coming Republican leaders how to govern and, more importantly, how to fight back. You, uh, when, when I was getting my phone connection back, you were mentioning those Republican governors who really have done an outstanding job in their state. So I'm hopeful they can do what needs to be done. But it's it's a narrowly divided country. 
So we've got to get every one of uh, the Republicans need to get every one of their votes out next year, and we need to make sure that cheating is stopped dead in its tracks. We can't allow another election where it's questionable whether the rules were followed. All right. I'm going to get you to put your profits hat on. I think there's a debate within the Republican Party with regards to what role that former President Donald Trump should play as we head into the midterms next year. And then on to the presidential election in 24, is it going to be Donald Trump or is it going to be somebody like uh, Governor DeSantis of Florida? What's your thinking at at this point? I think if Donald Trump decides to run, uh, you know, if, if there's no other... Uh, legal issues that come up. Uh, if Donald Trump decides to run, uh, he will be the nominee of the Republican Party. And I think just as importantly, there is no way, whoever the nominee would be, if Donald Trump doesn't run, that the Republican Party can possibly win if they abandon the populist conservative agenda that Trump ran on. If the party gets back to just advocating tax cuts for the super wealthy, and what what does Wall Street need, and let's get in, in a couple more unwinnable wars that uh, protect other nations' borders while we don't protect our own, uh, you know, the sort of Lynn-Cheney approach. They will not win the presidency back. It's got to be the kind of populist conservatism we saw the last four years. All right. It's going to be a fight for the soul of the Republican Party. Gary, always a pleasure to talk to you. I get your end-of-day email every day, has the latest information, your thoughts of what's going on from a truthful perspective in Washington, D.C. How can people get that email? Well, thanks, Fred. They can go to CWF, that stands for Campaign for Working Families, CWFPAC.com. All right, and I encourage everyone to sign up for that. It'll keep you informed on a day-by-day basis. Gary, thanks so much for joining us this morning. Great to be with you, Fred. Have a great weekend. You take care of the cicadas up there, all right? Uh, Absolutely. I'm doing my best. (laughs) All right, time to hear from you folks. 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. Is the country waking up politically? As more and more of this information comes forward, we're finding out about integrity in the Democratic Party and Joe Biden's White House. 888-589-8840. We'll listen to you when we come back here on Sandy Rios in the morning. Back in a moment. Each one of us is a leader of a small cell group. Focal Point with Brian Fisher. We have people with whom we communicate that do listen to us. We have an opportunity to keep them informed and to keep them mobilized, to keep them motivated so everybody stays engaged in the fight for the soul of our country. Focal Point, the home of muscular Christianity. Weekday afternoons at 1 Central on American Family Radio. How much does a six-month subscription to the AFA Journal cost? It's free! For six months, you can read articles and updates in the pro-life movement. You can read about family-friendly entertainment, laws that may impact your family or your business, and of course, what the American Family Association is up to and how you can help. So what are you waiting for? Visit afajournal.org for your free six-month subscription to the AFA Journal. 
Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Rise and go toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert place. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. At the height of a Holy Spirit outpouring in Samaria, where the gospel was being preached with great power and droves of people were converting to follow Christ, the Lord instructed Philip to leave Samaria and head south to Gaza. Philip didn't know what divine appointment awaited him. Through his ministry to the Ethiopian eunuch, the gospel would spread to Africa. He left the crowd to serve one. I call this step-down faith. It's easy to step up for the attention and applause of the masses, but do we have step-down faith? Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. Brian Fisher here with today's Life and Liberty Minute. The sharpest political divide in America is not between whites and blacks, but between people who are married and people who aren't. Researcher Brad Wilcox has observed that married Americans keep voting Republican. In 2020, married men voted for President Trump 56 to 42, while married women voted for him 52 to 48. And this represents an increase since 2016. Entire communities with more married men and women were markedly more likely to vote conservative. Marriages tend to have more conservative views on things like taxes, role of government, and education. Marriage is now the best predictor of voting trends. No wonder regressives try to undermine the institution of marriage every chance they get. If you want to reform American politics, the best thing you can do is get married and stay married. Catch Brian Fisher on Focal Point, weekday afternoons at 105 Central on American Family Radio. This is Frank Afney with the Secure Freedom Minute. Lieutenant Colonel Matthew Lohmeyer has been relieved of his command in the U.S. Space Force. He should instead be decorated for his courageous leadership in another critical battle space, the War of Ideas. This impressive fighter pilot turned space warrior was cashiered after the Defense Secretary ordered members of the armed forces to drop everything to identify and root out extremists in the ranks. Colonel Lohmeyer warned about the presence there of the most dangerous form of ideological extremism, Marxism. Indeed, he has authored a new book on the subject entitled Irresistible Revolution, Marxism's Goal of Conquest and the Unmaking of the U.S. Military. Evidently, however, in the Biden Pentagon, Marxist extremism in the services is actually permissible and those who disagree must be purged. That's a formula for disaster for our military, our national security, and our country. Reinstate Lieutenant Colonel Lohmeyer now. This is Frank Afney. Don't forget to connect with Sandy Rios in the morning on Facebook or email Sandy at Sandy at AFR.net. That's Sandy at AFR.net. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. And welcome back to this Thursday edition of Sandy Rios in the morning. We're lining up your phone calls. Going to go to our phones in just a second. We were talking off air just uh, after chatting with Gary uh, over the last 20 minutes or so about what's it going to take to change the American public's mind about uh, where the Biden White House Democrats want to take this country. The mainstream media are their best friends, so you're not going to hear a lot of the stories that we've been talking about this morning, but here's where I I think the difference is going to come. Uh, Inflation rate, uh, prices of commodities are going up already. We're starting to see that gasoline, and because gasoline goes up, that means food prices go up. 
uh, price of housing is skyrocketing because the price of wood is going up. Whether you're a Democrat or a Republican, that has to bother you. The other thing is uh, the pandemic restrictions. I think whether it's you're a Democrat or a Republican out there, you're a mom or dad, and you're seeing what this is doing to your kids, if these restrictions, like we have seen in Democratic states, continue, I believe there's going to be an uprising that crosses political lines. Kind of reminded of that uh, back uh, several weeks ago, a mom, Courtney Ann Taylor, was speaking to the Gwinnett County School Board in Georgia about her kids being forced to wear masks in the classroom, despite all the science which says they're not in danger, being forced to wear masks seven hours a day. She was really upset about that. You know what? YouTube has just made the decision to take the video of that offline. So we're going to listen to what Courtney Ann Taylor had to say to the Gwinnett County School Board on a a video that's now been taken offline. And then reaction from Kara Frederick, of the Heritage Foundation and uh, what she has to say about uh, the big, big media and they're in bed with the Democratic Party. So first voice, Courtney Ann Taylor, the mom, and then Kara Frederick of the Heritage Foundation. Cut six. This is not March 2020 anymore. It's time. Take these masks off of my child. Forcing five, six, seven, eight, and nine-year-old little children to cover their noses and their mouths where they breathe for seven hours a day, every day for the last nine months for a virus that you know doesn't affect them. That is not in their best interest. You know, this isn't the first time that big tech has censored legitimate debate, and it's not going to be the last. You look at what happened with the DeSantis roundtable in April about this topic. You look at Hoover Institute's Scott Atlas, his interview back in September of last year. Uh, It seems to be part of this pervasive ethos among big tech these days that says, you know, we know what's best for you. The American people can't be trusted to make their own decisions, so you can't even see this information. We're going to take it down. Ainsley, I'm really worried that we are losing the marketplace of ideas, and once it's gone, it is very difficult to get back. So there you have it, and it goes back to kind of what the theme of the show has been. Sometimes it takes a while for the truth to come out, but the truth does come out. If you haven't understood it up to now, the mainstream media, now including uh, big tech, Facebook, Twitter, they're all in bed with the Democratic Party. That's the bottom line. And they're going to try to protect Joe Biden and the Democratic Party agenda. And I think people like this dear mom, Courtney Ann Taylor, there in Georgia, Gwinnett County, Georgia, uh, she spoke for a lot of the American public, moms and dads. They've had enough of this. And we want to open up our country again and get rid of these restrictions, these unconstitutional restrictions that have been put in place. All right. Let's go to our phones, and let's go first to Arkansas this morning, and we say good morning to Steve. Steve, go ahead, please. Uh, good morning, Fred. Uh, yeah, uh, and you're doing a good job, and I sure sure enjoy listening to you. Uh, the point of my call, I'm sure you're familiar with William Federer. He is one very sharp historian. He's been on this story before, uh, yes. I'm sure, before. But I've, I've read a bunch of his history, and one thing he points out in the fall of Constantinople one of the huge factors was that uh, synonymous with what happened was the outbreak of the bubonic plague in Europe. Okay, so the outbreak of Wuhan virus 
would, would we be so foolish as to say there is no such thing as bacteriological warfare, and therefore we will not be prepared for it and repeat the error? Yeah. Thank you for your time. All right. Well, I hope we're learning. We are learning that you can't trust the Chinese. And I think the evidence is growing that this virus came about was either perhaps, perhaps accidentally released from that Wuhan lab, or God forbid, the Chinese so bad that they deliberately release this on the, on the public. Either way, China has to be held accountable. And we'll see what happens with the growing demand now. We talked about a few minutes ago the unanimous decision in the Senate last night to call for a complete investigation as to the origins of both Democrats and Republicans. Unanimous decision last night in the Senate to demand a full disclosure of the intelligence as to what our intelligence agencies actually know as to where this virus came from and how it was allowed to spread and kill hundreds of thousands of Americans. Good morning, Cindy, in Texas. Go ahead. Uh, yes, I wanted to follow up on something that Gary said, that uh, Biden is basically taking credit for Trump initiating the, va- the various vaccines. I'm just concerned that so many people are placing so much emphasis on something that doesn't really even meet the criteria for a vaccine and um, is causing a lot of harm. And I've always been a Trump supporter, and I still am, but I would cringe when he would talk about Operation Warp Speed because this is not our answer. And um, I think people need to do more research. This has done a lot of harm to people, and um, it's just very concerning to me. All right, Cindy, I, I think I want to be clear on your point. You're, are, are you saying the vaccine is an unnecessary measure, in, in your opinion, uh, to fight this virus? Am I... Am I hearing you correctly? Uh, I'm, say- I'm saying that the, the, the shot that they're giving doesn't even meet the criteria for the definition of a vaccine. Right. What a vaccine is designed to do is to elicit an immune response yes. and create antibodies. Right. These shots do not. Yeah. And that is why, okay, I understand a little bit better now. That is why uh, they're calling now that the, and uh, Dr. Fauci, and he may be right about this. He isn't right all the time. That's for sure. Uh, but that boosters may be required. Read something interesting in a scientific publication yesterday that those who have had a uh, mild reaction, so they've had COVID, but have had a mild reaction to it, there are some in the science uh, scientific community who believe now that uh, their immune system was able to take care of it. That's why they had only mild symptoms and actually, the antibodies that they built up will last them the rest of their lives. Uh, again, that's that's one opinion that's out there, but I find that very interesting. It kind of goes to the whole herd immunity aspect of all of this. The way down through the years, uh, when these kinds of things have come up, that a society deals with it, that the society as a whole, a culture as a whole, uh, becomes immune to it. And... Um, yeah, I, I think there are legitimate questions as to the effectiveness of the shot. And our, our listener was right, the shot uh, that uh, we, ought, we, we need to be exploring that. Let's put it that way. All right, let's stay in Texas. And Kathy, uh, welcome to Sandy Rios in the morning. Go ahead. 
Hello. Hi there. Go ahead. Yes. Um, I was. I wanted to make two comments. The, the comment that you made earlier regarding hoping that President Trump will run again in 24, which we all, I, I do, and I think a lot of people do. Uh, but for one point, how can we even how can we even expect that when we just went through the most fraudulent election ever? Mm-hmm. It'll take a miracle of God. It'll be a miracle of God that our elections will be lawful. And right. these judges that would not even look at evidence that that that's going to have to all be a miracle of God. Otherwise, it's just going to keep happening. And then the other point, maybe God is letting, he's going to let our nation get to a point over these next four years while Biden is in control, which we know it isn't even really him. Uh, it's all of his people. But, you know, just our economy going down, mm-hmm. all of this mask wearing, mm-hmm. this whole this whole virus, I mean, I may be stretching things, but I really believe that that was deliberately created because they couldn't get President Trump with uh, impeachment. They had to come up with something huge, something huge. And I would also say that I think it's very possible our our own people here funded it. Well, uh, there's a lot, uh, Kathy, to be investigated, and fortunately it is being investigated right now. With regards to um, problems with the voting system, put it that way, uh, in the election last year, I think there is some movement on that front. We have audits going on now in a couple of areas, Arizona and in Georgia, or at least Fulton County in Georgia. But also what's happening is in various states, Republican-run states, you have these changes being made in voting laws. Uh, or And in some cases, it's actually going back to the way it was. Because one of the big problems last year is, uh, for instance, in Georgia, just sending out unsolicited uh, absentee ballots, hundreds of thousands of absentee ballots going out there in cases where people didn't even request them. That just opens the door to fraud. And so in, in these various jurisdictions, the voting laws are being uh, checked and put in place. And we're talking simple things like you have to show voter ID. You have to prove you are who you say you are before you vote. That sounds very, very basic, uh, but it needs to be put in place and then upheld. There'll be court challenges to this. We'll have to wait and see what happens. Uh, but at least some movement is being made in the direction to curb uh, what may have happened uh, in the elections last November in 2020. All right, um, let's talk to Nelson. Nelson, good morning. Go ahead. Yes, sir. Good morning, Mr. Jackson. I wanted to uh, let everyone know that us people who speak Spanish, it's important that we express our Christian conservative values in Spanish and tell everyone that those of us who were born, like in Puerto Rico when I was raised here in the States, that we express and tell everyone, I have a bitchu channel that says Boricua, yo hablo español, es importante decirle a la gente que hay que, en decirle que nosotros necesitamos alzar nuestras voces. Yes. We need to raise our voices. 
Yes. Don't think that just because someone speaks Spanish that they approve of what's happening here. Yes. Because I have a bitchy channel. I go out. I have a sign. My sign says the Democrats stole the 2020 elections on one side, and the other side says what Joe Biden said. He said that on YouTube. Well, listen, Nelson, I, I appreciate that. I regret that I don't uh, speak your language. I know a little bit of French, uh, but I'd like to pick up Spanish. And, and, and what Nelson was addressing there, what you may hear in the mainstream media is that the Democratic Party has the Hispanic vote locked up. That is simply not true. That is not true. Uh, President Trump, in the 2020 election, the percentage of Hispanics voting for President Trump actually uh, increased according to some of the studies that have been done there. Because he did so much uh, for all communities, all people of color, that's a fact. And Hispanic people who have come to this country, they have come here legally, they've established themselves, and they established businesses uh, to hire more Hispanic people. They appreciate what President Trump did. And they understand what's going on right now with the crisis at our southern border, with hundreds of thousands of people coming into this country illegally. That is not what the Hispanic population, who are working hard in this country, who are here legally, they don't want it either. And that message has to get out there, and I appreciate uh, what Nelson had to say this morning. Well, it's been a good morning. Uh, Again, a lot of uh, information. We appreciate your calls. Always a pleasure to be with you. And uh, stay tuned to much more great programming here on American Family Radio. And as always, I like to say, uh, let's all of us be a blessing to someone else on this day. We'll be talking to you again real soon. Bye for now. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.